0: Welcome to the Me and My House podcast. We are your hosts, Stephen and Aubin Stroop. Thanks for listening in as we share our adventures in marriage, parenting, and ministry. We hope to inspire, encourage, and teach others that when we choose to live for the glory of God, that life is not only better, it is a life abundant. Yeah. Welcome to another episode. Today we are going to be talking about the power of a happy home. So, what is that power?
1: <laughs> start with a verse. Okay.
0: Well, let's let's go to what we mean by the power of a happy home. We're obviously talking about a joyful home, a joy filled home, and uh, I want to just start off by reading Proverbs seventeen twenty two. It says, "A joyful heart." Is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And so I think one of the things that I want to mention is I really believe that we have a happy home um, mostly because of you, my sweet bride, Mm. because you've always been a very joyful person. I've always been a very silly person, Mm. comedic person, uh, but I'm not, I can't say I'm always super joyful. Uh, part of that's because I'm also a night person mm-hmm. and you're a morning person. Mm-hmm. And so I don't mm-hmm. think that my joy comes out until later when really all the kids are probably in bed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Is it, are you joyful because? No, in no, bed?
0: I didn't mean it that way.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not a silly person.
0: No, you're not. So
1: we're a good team.
0: Yeah. But you are joyful. You wake up in the morning and you can be humming or whistling something and singing and, and just when you wake up happy.
1: I typically do. I I I don't know. I just I'm very thankful, but I just um I feel happy. And when I see my kids in the morning when I walk out of our room and they're all waiting to ask, you know, what's for breakfast? <laughs> I love to smile at them in the yeah. mornings. They make me smile. Yeah. Uh, they're cute. And I like seeing their joy filled faces. And
0: even um, though they don't ever say "Good morning, Mom," they just go straight. Extent. They go straight into <laughs> so and so is doing this to somebody else, and what are we having for breakfast?
1: <laughs> it's true. Well, this morning, actually, I had to um, set them all down at the table before I did anything. As soon as I came out of the room, because it was not even seven o'clock yet when I came out of the room, it was six fifty nine when I walked out of the bathroom from getting ready, and. I had to call them all to the table because from the bathroom window, I could see them running around the house Oh, <laughs> um, for probably 20 minutes before oh. I came out. Wow. And so I had to tell them not to go outside running around the house uh, before we were up and out of the, the room. So
0: <laughs> And you did that with all the joy that you could... <laughs> I was nice, but
1: I don't know uh, how long they had been doing that, so... <laughs> they I, never went to sleep.
0: They've just been doing it all night.
1: It, well, it sort of looked like maybe the house, you know, maybe the neighbors might think the house is on fire or something as they're <laughs> running circles around it. I don't know. But it's a good idea to wait on us to get out of the room. So typically I do wake up joyful, though. And, yeah. you know, I, I do think that tends to be a disposition. You yeah. know, Some people come by a little more naturally than others. But I do think that it's something that we can all work towards if it isn't something that comes naturally, I think
0: that's a great way to start the conversation is that not everyone has a natural inclination towards a joyful disposition. Mm-hmm. However, uh, it is something that can be worked on. And as Christians, we should always be looking for ways to express that joy. In fact, Uh, when the Bible says to be ready in season and out of season, to give a reason for the hope that is within you, Mm -hmm. you could probably, you know, uh, put along with that the hope and joy, the joy of that hope that's in you. And so we have that joy. In fact, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. And so it's the the
1: second fruit of the Spirit just after love.
0: So, um. So it's something that should come more naturally to Christians, even if it's not in our uh, personality type um, to express that all the time. It should come more naturally to the Christian. Absolutely.
1: Well, and I mean, think about how many times we've talked about different people that we've met or encountered or people we've known for forever and how there is just something attractive, uh, man or woman, about... A person that is joyful—it doesn't matter what they look like. Right, you are attracted to people. You want to be around people that are joyful. They just—it's just amazing the um, the beauty. Yeah, joy paints on a person.
0: Well, and, and you can see it. Um, you know, we there's obviously people that you see and know that. Uh, have had uh, maybe they've had a harder life because of certain things, and uh, and that joy in a person's life is what gives them such a, a radiant countenance. Mm-hmm. But then also, the Bible talks about, uh, just as Proverbs just said, there's there can be bitterness in the bones uh, rot. and rot because of that. Uh, lack of joy and yeah. so well it goes both ways it
1: does i mean you take the exact opposite you take maybe a beautiful person physically you know just something somebody that is just i mean on all the the worldly scales they would be you know just considered this beautiful person but maybe they are bitter yeah and lack joy um yeah. and they are less attractive Um, because of that lack of joy so this isn't really a a podcast about what people look like it's just it's interesting what joy does to the outward well Um,
0: but but even though it's not a podcast about that it is it is an important aspect to think about because joy and uh, bitterness can be infectious mm -hmm. and so if we're talking about the power of a happy home then joy in the home is infectious. It is. Whereas bitterness in a home is infectious. Strife in a home is infectious. Oh, well, and so- it's
1: interesting you use the word infectious, because a joyful heart is good medicine. Oh. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Yep. Infectious meaning it can spread to yeah. others, but an infection also destroys us. Yeah. And so I think it's really interesting that it's by God's grace that he's ordained the thing that brings him glory to also be something that is good for us and that's joy.
0: Well isn't that the way God works is that when his design is being carried out, it brings him glory but is actually the best for us.
1: Yeah, yeah and it's it just it's amazing because you think... Um, Or we think as humans, you know, well, it's joy. It's just an emotion. Right. But the truth of the matter is that it goes much deeper than just an actual emotion. It literally is health or destruction to the body. Right. Um, And so I thought maybe we could start before we really go into what kind of what a... A happy home might look like or the power of the happy home, um, maybe we could talk about some of the things that that steal our joy, that rob us sure. of joy. Yeah. So um, uh, one of the things that comes to mind first is an I deserve mindset. I deserve. Yeah. So I deserve to be happy. Ah. I deserve to have the house I want. Um, I deserve to have that job.
0: I deserve the vacation.
1: I deserve the vacation. (laughs) Yes. uh, I deserve, um, you know, as much money as so-and-so makes.
0: I deserve a bowl of ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Sorry, I got caught up in things that I...
1: I I deserve a bowl of fruit.
0: (laughs) Okay, I want
1: some fruit. (laughs) In fact, I'm having some when we're done with this. Okay. (laughs) Um, But that I deserve mindset. And so, for the Christian in particular because that's who we're speaking to right now um, what what do we deserve?
0: We deserve uh, death outside of Christ uh, eternal separation from God outside of Christ and and the gospel and, and salvation.
1: Yes and so we don't deserve anything good no. Um, and that I deserve my, or, or what about this one? I, I'm, I'm kind of going backwards here, but I deserve, I deserve me time.
0: Oh, um, yeah. my time.
1: Yeah. Um, I deserve a break. I deserve, um, you know, time out with my girlfriends. I, just as, I think the problem with the, I deserve is not necessarily that maybe you don't need a break or maybe you don't need to spend some time with the girl or, I shouldn't say need you always say that's a harsh word <laughs> I want yeah. I want these things the problem with the I deserve is the focus on yourself
0: on, yeah on me
1: it's all about me and I, I've never I, known
0: I. I've never known a joyful person that was always focused on themselves
1: no and and, the, and isn't that the irony because the world the devil's lies would tell us you're unhappy because you don't have what you right. want, what right. you, quote, need. Right. Um, but the the truth is, is you're actually unhappy because all you focus on is what you want and yeah. what you need.
0: I don't want to focus on myself very much oh, because it's really it, it would really start bringing me down.
1: It does. It, it really does. It's. It's so much more life-giving to um, focus on. Okay, so one of the things I love to do in our home is I love to think of ways to have fun with the kids. Right. I love to think about um, how to make a meal special or how to um, joke around with the kids when we go for our run in the mornings or... um, those things make me excited or or what I might serve when we have company how what would be fun what would be a fun way to set up you know the meal or I just (laughs) how many
0: name tags can I put in (laughs) front of each dish I like name tags
1: it makes it fun and then people know what they're eating (laughs) this
0: is the ketchup (laughs)
1: Right. So, um, but the I deserve mindset that that focus on self. So that can be something that really
0: steals joy. It
1: steals your joy. What about comparison or covetousness?
0: That's a big one, and I don't think it's something that uh, we take into consideration that much because it is like we're swimming in it Mm -hmm. because of social media. Yeah. I mean, just that's all that's all social media is really. It's let's put our best, you know, everything out there. And then you look at everyone's best and you never get to see. And it just looks like everybody is just doing. It looks
1: like it's the permanent reality. Yeah.
0: It looks like everybody's just doing so great. (laughs) And, and then you start questioning, you well, I wish I was, I wish I was doing that. And what they're, they're building a new house or, Oh, they're going on vacation or they've got this and that. And, and, you don't realize you're even doing it. It's just,
1: yeah, yeah, it's true. And even if you don't set out to do that, yeah, just scrolling, mindlessly scrolling, you might see pictures from vacation that remind you, you know, I don't think I went on a vacation this summer. Yeah. Oh, oh, look at their bathroom. Gosh, I (laughs) wish I had that bathroom. You know, my bathtub leaks and, (laughs) Uh. um, you know, just, it can be a real trap.
0: Well, and, and, so you said covetousness and, and what? Oh, comparison. Comparison. Yeah. 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 No, that's.
1: I used to get into that comparison trap all the time because I was new to homeschooling, right. you know, a former public school teacher. Yeah. And so instead of really sitting down to focus on what our goals were for our kids in the beginning and, and what we wanted, I didn't know what I was doing. And so my initial reaction was go out and find out what everyone else is doing right compare yourself to what they're doing and then that there's the standard until you find someone else is doing something different and then there's a new standard yeah and so i'm constantly comparing and not measuring up but one of the things that i wasn't taking into account was the fact that our family was not their family right our goals were not their goals. The size of our family, you know, at homeschooling uh, 12 children is very different um, than homeschooling two. That, yeah. The day looks very different. And if you try to look at what a parent homeschooling two children is doing and implement that in a home where you're schooling 12 children, you're going to go crazy because yeah. you can't. You can't do it the same way. And so comparison was really, it was The um destroyer of the best that I could do Mm. in my home because the best was don't look at everybody else, sit down with you, yeah, husband and wife, and find out what's important to us, yeah, what are our goals, yeah, what would we like to see in our kids, and then base everything off of that, yeah. So all right, so we've had the I deserve mindset, comparison, and covetousness. What about like a a scarcity mindset, kind of forgetting um, God's promises, and and then that let me tie that into one other, and that can just be fear. Yeah. So you have that scarcity mindset where we're just we're terrified of not having enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also fear. Um, and all that that entails, and isn't that a, a yeah ugly, and,
0: ugly? And, and so that would also is that one also is affected by um, the amount of media, whether it's social media or news media or whatever that you take in as well. Mm-hmm. Because um, I've argued this for a long time, and that is that I believe God made us naturally to be able to handle. The, or to have the capacity to deal with what is going on in our homes, our local church, our little community, our group of people that we impact on a daily basis or impact us on a daily basis. But social media and news media and different things like that, if you take in too much of that, you are taking on things way beyond your capacity. Mm-hmm. And so wars, rumors mm-hmm. of wars, uh, rumors of famine, rumors of inflation, or or actual inflation, or uh, scarcity of this product, and and uh, supply chain mm-hmm. uh, issues, and whatever else, become fear to you when it's way outside of our capacity, way outside of our own control, way outside, and and so we take on so much stuff that God I don't think God ever intended us to be able to have to worry about all those things. Yeah. You know, and so that that amount of media that you take in there, it can really start stealing joy as well because oh, then you just become an anxious you do. Wreck, you, you do. Know?
1: And and you forget in the moment when you're watching, you know, potential food shortages Yeah, and you know, you go look up my Patriot supply and you find out it's <laughs> a fortune for one person. And <laughs> you're like, there's no way I could do this for my entire family. you forget that there have been real yeah. famines yes. in the past yes. that God provided for his people through. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, we're not there, but, um, but you tend to forget all that God has promised. And I think it's really interesting that the opposite of fear is not courage, but it's faith.
0: Mm, yeah
1: And it reminded me of a verse, and I actually I, I did this verse with the kids this morning before we started school, um, Romans 8:32. It says, "He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously?" give us all things. Mm. And one of the things I told the kids was, you know, if you think about in the Bible where hardness of heart is mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't, I guess I didn't, all my years of reading the Bible, I didn't really realize that the hardness of heart is a lack of faith. Yeah, it's not just an outright disbelief in God or Jesus or the gospel. It's actually a lack of faith, mm. and so as Christians, we can be guilty of a hardness of heart when our faith is lacking. Um, so, I was telling the kids this morning, you know, how hard do our hearts have to be um, when? We are, you know, like the Israelites who have tasted and seen the goodness of God, and yet our faith flies out the window the first sign of trouble, um, and then we're just left desperate and afraid, um, as though the God, as this verse says, as though the God who gave up His only Son for us while we were His enemies, yeah, okay, gave up His Son before we um, were His children um, will he not continue to care for us now that we are his children?
0: Yeah. We're like the, the man that looks at his face in the mirror and then walks away and immediately forgets what he looked like. Um, yeah. and if we're so much like the Israelites. It's not even funny. I mean, uh, you read the old Testament and you're like, man, how they're so they're so dumb. They just, <laughs> they got a, a stinking, uh, flame of, of, a uh, pillar of, pillar of fire right in front of them. And, a uh, and they got the Red Sea and then they immediately just, you know, yeah, uh, what is God going to, he's left us out in the desert and, uh, but we're just like that. Mm. Um, it reminds me of a pastor that said that one time, I can't remember what his name was, but he said, uh, you shouldn't look at the Israelites and think, well, how could they do that? How could they be like that? You should look at the Israelites and think, man, how am I just like that? Mm-hmm. Um we are, uh, or you look at David in the Psalms and everybody talks about how he seems a little bipolar because he's just in one minute praising God. And the next minute it's sorrow, sorrow, sorrow. But the truth is, is we're all just like that. Yeah. And so the, the, the ability to have joy um, continually, I think is directly connected with our ability to not be distracted by the things of the world but to have a continuous um, attitude, mindset, conversation of God's goodness and all that he's done and all that he's doing and all that you hope he's doing. Uh, And then to have that joy in your home is to do that with your wife and your husband and with your children and with those that you entertain in your home. And that, that fosters that happy home because... It's the place where we come and we say God will provide and God has provided and God has been amazing and God will be amazing. And God is good all the time in our home. And and we keep that attitude within our walls so that um, the home is that place that is happy, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, and you you need to you need to share all of that with your kids. Yeah. You know, to and it's good for you to do as adults to sit down and recall all the ways God has provided, all the ways that he um, has brought you through things that, you know, in the moment you didn't see a way through, but then to to tell them to your children. Yeah, um, that's huge uh, for them to to be a part of that, to see God's love, God working, God's promises fulfilled. Yeah. so yeah, I th- I think I think that fear that that it can, that can be a real. That was a that's a tricky one. But I will say that um, it is impossible to keep fear at bay if you're prone to that. Mm. If you do not make scripture, God's word, a a constant part of your life. Yeah, it, it has to be the constant. It can't be. Um, something that is just tacked on at, at the end of the day or first thing in the morning as a kind of a checklist—it's got to be—it's got to be the steering um, mechanism, you know, of your right. life. Right. Um, so, um, just a couple more of these that I was thinking about uh, that could steal our joy um, and rob us of that happy home, um, and this kind of ties in a little bit. But it's it's trying to hold on to control of, of our lives rather mm. than surrender. Yeah. Um, and I have one example of this and it's, it's silly. I, well, I don't know if it's silly, but it's old. Um, so when our oldest was born yeah, and, um, he was just a couple of days old and he was not eating and I was a new mom very young, and I, well, 25. I guess that's not very young, but I was a I was very, a very young, young mother. It's very
0: young to us now. It is, it <laughs> is.
1: And um, I, I just, I didn't know what to do, but he was not eating well. And so it was a couple days after he'd been home, and he was very lethargic, and he was not really having wet diapers, and so we knew something's wrong here. And so we went to the hospital, and um, I remember the ER doctor holding him out this brand new baby holding him out on his outstretched arm. He was holding him in the palm of his hand and his arms just hung down. Like there was no, you know, like a baby would want to be held close. Nothing. I, oh, (laughs) I was sobbing uncontrollably, uh, uncontrollably, not just because, I mean, I had all these new mom hormones just out of control. I just had this baby two days ago and I'm just not, I have no idea what's wrong with my baby. And, um, so anyway, long story short, he was jaundiced and, um, so he, the jaundice, we didn't didn't
0: notice he looked like a carrot, (laughs) you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, he was pretty yellow, but he. Um, so because of the jaundice, he was very lethargic. So he was not eating, yeah, and so he was dehydrated, and yeah. it was just you know a quick fix of just get those uh, Billy Rubens down and get him under those lights, and um and then give him some you know feed the baby right right right. <laughs> anyway, so but when we went home just a couple days later, um or even a day, I don't remember how long we were there. I just remember being just afraid that if I left him um, for any amount of time that something bad would happen. I just want, I had to control everything. And I, I did that for a day or two and it was so exhausting because I couldn't control everything. And if I was going to keep an eye on him all the time, I couldn't rest. I couldn't sleep. And I remember just having this moment where I said to the lord god if you are going to take this baby you're going to take him whether he is sleeping right next to me or whether he is sleeping in his bed yeah and i just i felt such peace in that moment and i i just didn't worry after that yeah and he was fine and i was able to just and 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 that wasn't the only time i've had to do this as a mother right there have been many mornings that i have literally prayed with my hands stretched out Palms up, open, and just said, "God, I can't. I I don't want control of of these children. I, they're yours. They're yours. I can't. I can't do everything right. I can't. Um, I can't make them do what I want them to do. You know. Yeah. I, I. I mean, you know." Yeah.
0: Sort of. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Depending well, on the what's, what's funny about that or, or ironic about that, I should say, is that it's not that you found peace by giving up control. It's that you found peace by um, understanding and giving up the illusion mm. of control. Because no, never at one point in time did you have control.
1: Well, that's what's so funny and, about and it. And that's yeah.
0: that's something that I think that really steals a lot of people's joy Is the illusion of Mm. control, and if we would just understand, you're not in control. Yeah, you're not in control, and 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 when you think you are, it's a complete fallacy. Mm. Um, I mean,
1: and even if you were in control, you would do the lousiest job. Oh,
0: you do, yeah. It would be wrong. So, yeah. Yeah. So just to understand that illusion of control, and then saying it's it's so nice to be able so peace. and, and joy giving to be able to surrender to the Lord and say I never was in control mm. and I never really should have wanted to be in control yeah. because you being in control of the Lord is is the best yeah you're the perfect master
1: absolutely you know. and and it does fill you with immediate peace yes. and joy yeah. to know i don't have to right. i don't have to be in control of this right. you know um and and if you're not at that place um i'd say go to god's word more and more and more and and learn um what a good god he is yeah. and that he can be trusted um with control yeah you know um all right well just in let's get through the end of these real quick. Um, our joy can be stolen by the way we feel. So maybe our health. Mm. Um, and I just want to touch on this real quick because, um, I know that if we are not taking care of ourselves physically, you know, the the things that we eat can really have an impact on, on the way we feel. Yeah. Um, and that's just something we need to pay attention to, you know, um, um, what we're eating and, um, uh the amount of the, rest that we get the amount of rest absolutely maybe exercise that, yeah. that's huge for me i i have to exercise i feel my best when i have sweated and and gotten in that exercise
0: yeah i think and didn't i say this last episode about being anxious because I'd been sitting around and not yes. mm-hmm. not doing much. And then I went and actually worked on something real hard and sweat. And I felt better all of a sudden yeah. because I just got rid of all that anxiety through energy yeah. or b- by using energy. And so, I, yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. The health and taking care of yourself and, uh, and working hard and, and doing what God created you to do is, is probably a great way to actually have joy.
1: Absolutely. Well, and not letting, not letting, you know, um, that food, uh, run us, yeah. you know, uh, but, but, but being in control, self-control, there you go. Another fruit of the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So one last one is maybe, um, a, a, a rob or a robber of joy would be our marriages. Um, our marriages they sh- rob our joy? <laughs> <laughs> well, a strained marriage.
0: A strained marriage, yes.
1: Um, and I think this is a big one because the power of a happy home, one of the things that um, can come from that is secure children. Ch- yes. Children that, that feel safe in their own home. And one of the things that make children feel the safest is when mom and dad are okay.
0: Children are the most at peace when they know mom and dad are good.
1: Absolutely. Yes. It, it's a security for them. And if mom and dad are greeting each other in the morning with a hug and a kiss and they talk to each other on a regular basis and it's not strained and it's it's playful and it's joyful and they smile at one another and they enjoy being around each other, the sense of security your children will feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's priceless. Yeah. Things can be going, you know, crazy outside of that. But when they see that, when they have that um, stability within the home, um, the smiles on their faces, you you won't be able to wipe them off. Yeah. Because it's such security. And so when husbands and wives are um, at odds um, for whatever reason, then it not only affects the marriage, but it will literally rob the children of that joy-filled home.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the that's where in the infectious part comes in because um, we've had conversations even with our children, uh, I guess, a couple of days ago, and then even at family worship tonight uh, about how when there is... Uh, a strain in the relationship between the siblings or if there's a strain and and actually one of the more important ones is when there's a strain between you and the Lord, when there's a strain because of a uh, sin that hasn't been confessed or because of, um, you know, uh, some disobedience there or it's the same as having the strain with someone personal in the house because that, uh, can turn into uh, a, an infectious rot in the bones that starts to affect everyone in the house I mean mm-hmm. uh, we we've seen it where uh, one of our children is really trying to uh, wrestle through uh, some sin uh, that they're trying to figure out and but until they start talking through um, until they start talking through those things they are, grumpy and um irritable and you know it just it affects the whole household Mm -hmm. it's it's like a it's like they might as well be going around (laughs) going around with a sign on their back that says yes i'm dealing with sin right now i I haven't i don't want to talk about it so i'd rather just be in a bad mood and (laughs) and and it just starts affecting the whole house and so that is the same way whether it's sibling to sibling husband and wife parents to children or individual to the Lord. Uh, just having that, uh, a right relationship with each other really brings joy into the home. Yeah. And, uh, and, and one of the other things that robs us of joy, I guess is I, you put at the very end of that list is unconfessed sin. Oh
1: yeah. Absolutely. It just robs
0: us of joy uh, and no, creates robs, anxiety. Yes, it us. can
1: literally make you depressed. Yeah,
0: So, um, so just add that to the yeah to the list as well, but uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, that unconfessed sin—I mean, that these are also conversations we've had with the kids, and and some of our older children have talked about it. You know, and so think about Pilgrim's Progress, Christian, who's carrying that burden on his back, yep. and that unconfessed sin that. That is that burden. I mean, it is a weight. And when you do confess, whether it's confessing, you know, children to parents, um, husbands and wives to each other, confessing to God, um, the confession, you you is the healing medicine. It is, yeah, it is, and it restores that joy because it restores those relationships. Yeah, and um, and it is healing, very healing. So, well, um, then let's wrap it up by. Talking about uh, just briefly that happy home. Yeah, I mean, what does that look like, and and what is that? Pow- what's the power of it? Um, and we've talked on it. We touched on it a little bit as far as security within our children. Yes, um, the joy that they feel, particularly with happy a happy mom and dad. Yeah,
0: um, I I I am th- thinking a lot right now, actually, about um, you know the the verse that our um, podcast name comes from, um, the power of a happy home is is almost a resolve. It's choose this day whom you will serve, right? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so there's a sense in that statement where the amount of resolve in that statement that says... I'm, I choose to do what God tells me to do in my home. Um, what his word has commanded me to do. So what is his word commanded me to do? He's, it's commanded me to, to love my wife as Christ loves the church. It's commanded you to to uh, love your husband. Um, and, uh, and it's commanded us to disciple our children and raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And it's commanded us to uh, so many different principles that we find in scripture to be not like the world but to be set apart for him so every single instance that you can think of in scripture to 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 serve god in a way that says as for me and my house is a way to not only be resolved but it's a, it's actually a way to bring nothing but peace and joy into your home mm-hmm. And the power of that is that you then have a home that is committed in joy to serve God the way he's commanded us to in his word. And what greater joy can you have? Yeah. There's, I don't see any other way to have a greater joy than to commit in your home to serve the Lord in every way possible. And I know it sounds like a very broad statement, but I mean, the truth is that that's so applicable from the minute we get up, Mm. whether, you know, whether it's prayer, whether it's family worship time or whether it's just in dealing with our children patiently or not uh, arguing with our spouses in ways that would be uh, disrespectful and and, uh, uh, filled with condemnation and and being patient uh, with one another and Uh, bending over backwards to do the right thing and going the extra mile and turning the other cheek and all of those things that God designed us to do things in a certain way. When we do them, we experience joy because it is the right design. It's the right plan to follow.
1: Yeah. Well, so if, if we're talking about me and my house, then in order to carry those things out that you were just mentioning, the house can't be an afterthought. No. The home. Yeah. The, the family. And oftentimes it's put on the very back burner. Yeah. It's the last thought we serve everyone else. Yeah. Before we serve those in our home. Yeah. We treat those outside of our home better than we treat those. Our, our closest neighbor, our, our husbands, our wives, our children. Um, and so if, we're going to truly focus on that joy filled home serving the Lord. We, we have to come together as a family to do that. We have to train our children how to do that. Um, husbands teaching their wives, you know, how to do that. The, the, that is, um, time we have to spend together as a family. Yeah. Um, and I think oftentimes we, uh, we'd rather do anything, you know, than spend time as a family. And when we are home, we're all doing our
0: own thing. Yeah, that's that's I've mentioned it before, but that was the whole um, rude awakening of COVID mm-hmm. twenty twenty uh, months, shutdown months, or whatever was. Um,
1: no one knew how to. Everyone, be everyone had to
0: come home to work, and there wasn't school or or whatever, and no one knew how to be with each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was not a joy filled home. Uh, instead, it was an anxiety ridden home and it was a annoyed home because parents wanted their kids to leave again and go off to school yeah and 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 wives wanted their husbands to go back to work because they don't know how to be around their husband for longer than the weekend or longer than the evening without starting to get annoyed by them and yeah. and and why is that it's because we've been following many worldly formats of Um, it's kind of like when you go to, uh, you can go to a church sometimes. Um, and, and we've fought against this several years in a, in a row with, uh, different churches, but you can go to a church sometimes and everybody goes in the same car, but as soon as you get there, you all go 5 million different directions. And then you come back at the end of, uh, the, the morning and everybody's been doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a, 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 um, a togetherness on it. There wasn't a family. Um, you don't
1: even do church together. You, you don't even really <laughs> do
0: church together. Yeah. Well, th- that same thing happens in our homes. Mm-hmm. So we get up in the morning and everybody goes here, 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 and here. And they've got their own agendas and their own goals and their own visions and their own dreams and their own uh, goals friends. for the day, their own friends, their own coworkers, their own everything. And then you come home at the end of the day and everyone's lived their own life. Mm-hmm um there's nothing there, in common. there wasn't anything in common and that was what was revealed whenever 2020 hit and everybody was at home is i have nothing in common with these people and it's the same thing mm-hmm. sorry I, I keep on going on it's a run-on sentence but it's the same thing that happens to parents whenever they have put all of their stock into their kids for 20 something years and then the kids leave and now the uh, husband and wife look at each other and go I don't know who you are mm-hmm. because we've served the kids for 20 years and we haven't been a, a couple. We haven't been uh, a, a united uh, man and woman yeah. uh, marriage. And so now we're going to get a divorce because we don't know each other.
1: Well, I totally agree. And I would say also, especially, okay, so if you are a young parent, this is, this is good advice. So we still have young children, but we have older's as well. Yeah. So here's the advice To have a happy home and enjoy being around your children, you must discipline your children.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: Because what I saw during COVID is parents who did not enjoy being around their kids, and for good reason. Their children are horrible. (laughs) And why are they horrible? Because we believe the worldly lie that... If we love our children, we will not discipline them, or maybe we've gotten lazy, and it's just easier to you know, fight with our kids or just endure a bad behavior until they have to get up the next morning and go to school, and we don't have to deal with it, but somebody else does. Which
0: is... Not biblical. It's not biblical. The the Bible says strictly that you, if you don't discipline a child... You hate your child. You hate your child. (laughs)
1: Well, and I'll say this. I, I mentioned the young parents. Listen up. All parents of all ages must discipline their kids. I'm just saying to young parents with young children, it is much easier if you start from the beginning.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Um, Something we learned when we were new parents was if you do not want your kid at five or six years old, you know, throwing the remote control across the room and all the batteries fall out, then don't laugh at them doing it at 18 months old Yeah. because it's much easier to allow them a behavior, not that you'd ever allow them to chunk the remote, but, you know, maybe, um, uh, you're going to allow them a particular behavior at a certain age. Um, it's much easier to allow that than it is to have to, you know, maybe you allowed it earlier. Now it's no longer cute. And so I'm going to take it away from you. Yeah. Um, you're going to create a very upset child. Whereas if you had just set some boundaries in the beginning yeah. and disciplined for things, thought through, you know what, am I going to like this behavior, this, this screaming when I tell them to do something and they fall on the floor and kicking their feet? Yeah. Am I going to like that when they're 10 years old doing that in the grocery store? That's not going to be so cute to me. So I better not allow it <laughs> when they're 18 months old.
0: You sound like I, someone that might have just heard a child do that in a grocery store. <laughs> uh, I
1: actually, I did, didn't yeah, I? I forgot did. I told you that.
0: Well, let me, let me. <laughs> it was not our child, by the way. Let me no. Let me bring it back because of only really one reason. I'm going to bring it back and kind of cut that one off a little bit. Is because honestly, that's a whole another episode. It is. You're we right. could do a whole another episode on discipline, but um, we should totally do that. But the truth, the truth is that um, just to kind of wrap that thought up uh, neatly, our children have been i I believe they are very joyful children but we have had many people say over and over you your children are always very joyful they're always very happy they're always smiling that's i can just kind of wrap up your thought by saying but they're very heavily disciplined Mm -hmm. and yet they still love mom and dad because in the end if they know that we are um, doing it in love then they, um, they they get over it. And they're fast. I mean, they're they're fast to get over it. And you know?
1: because kids love boundaries, whether they would tell you or not, but they also love consistency. And I won't go any any further into that because you're right. That's a totally different podcast. But that consistent love through discipline. Yep. Um, that is also security for yep. children and creates. That joy filled home, where yeah. you actually do enjoy spending time together. Yeah. So, that's right. have we covered it? You think that's enough on the power of a happy home? So, <laughs> I'm like, did we just dance around the topic, or do we actually get to it?
0: I don't. I don't know. <laughs>
1: I don't know either. We'll have to think on that, and maybe we'll have to come. Maybe back there'll be a part don't. two. Maybe so.
0: Well, I'm good with there being a part one. Let's try to see if we've covered any or missed any spots, and we'll come back to it. Sounds great. Until then, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord.